Welcome to the October edition of Meet the Staff. This is our special monthly episode of the Sklo Library podcast. I'm David Pensick, Communications Manager for Sklo Center Region Library. And this is the time of the month when we just have a conversation with another member of the Sklo staff family. And for this edition, we are talking to, we are going to be talking with Molly Hetrick, who is the manager of philanthropy at Sklo Library. And perhaps in the mail, you may have received something recently from Sklo about our fall, for our fall fund drive. We are uh, so appreciative of, if you've donated in the past or thinking of donating now, we are so appreciative of everything that of all, all what, whatever you can give helps the library so much. Uh, you know, we have ebooks, dig, our digital uh, costs continue to go up. We have our collections. We have all the programs we look to do. Whatever you can give is so appreciative. And even if, if whether it's money, time, just coming into the library, it's we are so thankful for to. Uh, for everything that you do for the library, because uh, we couldn't we couldn't do we couldn't do any of it without you. So thank you so much. And so we want to talk with Molly. I thought it was a good time to talk to, with Molly about philanthropy and and fundraising. And we are actually also in the middle of a fundraising effort with Harrison's Harrison's Catering and Wine Grill. And they, if you go to Harrison's between now and November 3rd and mention your support of Sklo Library. They will donate 20% of your check to the library. So uh, enjoy a great meal at Harrison's and help the library out that way. It, it would, it's a, a great partnership we've had with Harrison's the last few years. But anyway, for this episode, uh, we're talking with Molly. She's, uh, uh, she worked a number of years at Millbrook Marsh Nature Center. Uh, she uh, is currently, again, manager of philanthropy at Sklo Library. She has started training with Molly to offer training programs on development and fundraising and encouraging nonprofit and recre- recreation organizations on how fundraising and development fit into staff and board roles. So she does a lot. She is a, she's used to be a, an adjunct faculty member at Penn State, so she's a t- teachings in her background, but just enjoyed talking with her and finding out more about something that I know, I know personally I don't know much about in terms of you know raising money for organizations. So hope you enjoy getting to meet another valuable member of the Sklo staff family, Molly Hetrick, our manager of philanthropy. Drive. Actually, I guess it just kicked off, and we're also in the middle of fundraising uh, Harrison's, which we'll talk a little bit about that, mention a little bit about that later. But uh, So I thought it'd be a good time for our Meet the Staff this month to meet Sklo's Manager of Philanthropy, Molly Hetrick. So Molly, thank you for joining us. Hello, thank you. <laughs> um, I guess, first of all, do you want to talk about what your position is like at Sklo? You've been there for a couple of years now. What you know, what the position is like for you? Yeah, thank you. So I'm the first manager of philanthropy that this um, Sklo Library has had. Um, and my focus is um, stewardship and fundraising and really working closely with the director to make sure that... Um, we have the funding we need to do the things we need to do at the library and really keep the, you know, 
programs and services going the way they need to. So the fall fund drive that you just referenced is our biggest fundraiser. At the end of the year, we do this great mailing. I hope everyone got one in the mail. If not, please stop by the library. We have lots. Um, But it's a way for us to kind of tell folks what challenges are happening or what our future needs are, where the library is going. This year, the letter is really focused on the e-resources, the electronic um, online resources, kind of helping people understand that the costs of those are a little higher for libraries than they are for the average person shopping on Amazon. Um, So the letter has some information about that on the back, an infographic and some other great stuff. But we're really hoping people will um, feel moved to send some support and sort of let us know what they love about Slow and and show us through the Fall Fund Drive. So, Has... Uh, this relationship raising funds for organizations, I mean, you were at Millbrook Marsh for a number of years. I mean, has that always been something you've enjoyed doing or when, how did that develop? That's a funny question. You actually might not realize how funny that question is, so I'll tell you the answer. Um, So when I was at Millbrook Marsh, I was there for 15 years. My focus, my background was always education. Um, But the longer I was involved in, especially being the supervisor, you know, you take on roles of managing staff and managing the finances and eventually moved into fundraising. Um, And I didn't love it at first. I was scared to death of it. I was really uncertain. I didn't like to talk to people about finances. and, And I had a lot to learn. Um, and sort of realizing that people really give from their heart and they give because they're moved to causes or things they care about. So it took me a while to understand that. Um, but I had a great mentor. I worked very closely with Don Hamer. Many people will recognize his name as a philanthropist in the community who has since passed. Um, but I really just had some amazing mentors. So at Millbrook Marsh, I really learned to understand better people's giving and what motivates them and how we are not um, necessarily um, talking about money. We're talking about what people love. Uh, And so it was a really great experience. And so the reason I laughed is just I didn't necessarily take to fundraising immediately. Um, And I still sometimes get, you know, people say, what do you do? And I say, I'm a fundraiser. And they, oh, (laughs) is that like, you know, I don't know. So anyway, um, I really learned to love it and really learned that it's about people. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when I came to School Library, it was the opportunity to focus on that completely completely. My job has to do with advocacy, where we're making sure the messages are out in the community, whether it's to elected officials or people that use the library, um, making sure we um, show our appreciation and thanks for the people that really feel moved to support. Um, And so I've learned so much. And so coming full time to the library and philanthropy was really a great opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I, I, when I worked in the a magazine business, I, the, I, the salespeople, I admired what they do because I know it's <laughs> tough. It's tough when you have to go, you know, and talk about money. But uh, I don't know how you see it. I almost when you were talking, you're almost a bridge between the library and the community. And you know, we have the people who work in the library, and it's great. But you go out there, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. Do, do you see that it's sort of being a bridge between 
and even if don't people don't use the library, they know about it. And you know, I don't know how do you how you view view yourself like that. Yeah, yeah, I like the word bridge. Yeah. Actually, appreciate that. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to meet people who have different connections to the library. Um, some folks just really strongly believe in libraries and the role libraries play, the importance in the community, um, and so that is one kind of motivation style for giving and supporting. Where maybe I'm saying. As a donor, I don't use it a lot myself, but I just really believe in it. I want the kids to have it. I want people to have this access. I really believe in libraries. Um, and then I meet lots of people who are avid users, and they say, you know, I really want more large print. If I if I make a donation, can I make it toward large print books, um, or can I support you know the material collection? Um, and so it's really interesting to learn what people's motivations are, um, and you know sort of connecting them, I guess, to what they feel really good about supporting. Um, and the stewardship piece then is making sure that we're communicating back to you. If you and your family made a gift, um, whether it was $25 or $2,500, that you know what we used the money for and what great things stemmed from that. So it's all very interconnected, and we want people to feel you know, really good about what they're supporting. Hmm. Has... It change, has your job changed over the years? Maybe not even just specifically a school, but just raising, uh, raising money, raising funds for organizations. How has how have you seen a change over the years that you've been doing it? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I do think there's been some changes, and some of it is you know the the. Um, just sort of society and financial, the way people look at their finances. Obviously, there's been some tax law changes that um, people think about. There's also more nonprofits in the country, in the state, in state college than there's ever been. And so what we're finding is a lot of donors used to give um, sort of, let's say, medium gifts to a lot of different organizations. And maybe they got some great thank you letters or they got a, you know, a tote bag or they felt thanked more by some than others, but they had like 10 groups they gave to and they felt good about that. What we're really seeing now is people are getting very specific. So I will no longer give to 10 organizations. I'll give larger gifts to four. So for a nonprofit, it really matters that we are still showing the community how important the work we do is. I don't want to use the word competition, but there's just a lot of folks out there doing really great work. Um, and so how does the library compare to other organizations um, and where does that fit within people's priorities? So to answer your question, I definitely have seen some changes um, in the pattern of people's giving. Um, as I just illustrated, um, we also have seen some changes in focus. Um, for a while, it was very popular to give to capital campaigns, mm -hmm. and I wanted to see you build something. Um, less likely to give to operations. And so sometimes nonprofits were like, you know, we just got a large gift to build something. We can't pay the light bill. <laughs> <laughs> right? <clears throat> so... 
Um, I'm noticing a trend as well to people being more open to operational gifts where they say, we trust you as a library to do the right thing with this money and use it for what you need it for. So making an unspecified or more operational gift, um, which nonprofits very much appreciate. Mm-hmm. So I would say those are the two big changes, um, as well as how you can deduct your taxes. I'm sorry, your donations on taxes depends on your own personal situation. So people are definitely taking that into consideration. Yeah. Um, well, and also going along with that is the changes at SCLO and the needs at SCLO. And I guess that comes where you're, you have, a, have to have a good working relationship with the director, Kath, our boss, Kathy. Yeah. And other people, um, you mentioned this is fall fund drive. It focus a little bit more focus on e-books mm-hmm. and how that's or any audiobooks, how that's become popular. I mean, what mm-hmm. changed in the library? Has, has digital been the big thing that has mm-hmm. changed what, um, how you're targeting um, or how the story's getting out for fundraising? Yeah, yeah um, I think so. I think there were a few years at SCLO um, that were a little scary because some of the state funding was going away. Um, people that were in the community remember the flood when the whole building got flooded. Um, so for a while, we were really in not emergency mode, but sort of urgency. Operationally, we had an urgency. Um, and so now that state funding has stabilized and you know that is a little more steady, we don't have to focus on an emergency or urgent situation. We have to focus on maintaining. And so um, definitely looking at what the challenges are, the cost of ebooks is is it right now, <laughs> for sure. We also have an aging building. So we've been talking about what that looks like for the future. We have this great building. Um, it's now 13, almost 14 years old. Um, it's not super exciting to think about new carpeting and a new roof or needing to paint things, but it's very much a reality and a challenge. So um, that will be one of the things we're looking for as well. And it's really helpful um, for folks in the community to offer support for those types of projects. So uh, back to communication, just letting folks know what's happening at the library, what the reality is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned the amount of nonprofits, and you were actually, uh, mm-hmm. we, when we did the podcast for Center Gives, and that's the fun competition. I guess, what is your relationship with other nonprofits? Do you, mm-hmm. the other people have to raise funds? Do you brainstorm each other, want to help each other? What kind of work um, yeah. relationship do you have with them? Yeah, I think a really good one. Um, Center Gives is a great opportunity to foster those relationships, too, and get to know other groups. Um, they divide you into small and large organizations. So SCLO really feels that as a large organization um, and in, with the resources we have that we want to offer to share those and mentor with um, smaller nonprofits. So we're super fortunate to have me in a full-time fundraising role. Most smaller nonprofits do not have that. So people can call me and I offer advice or I'll look at their letters for them. Um, we share resources if we've got new books in or if we're going to watch a webinar where we can invite other people. Um, so I think we have a good relationship and I still learn a ton from my fellow fundraisers. Um, it's always great to just talk with folks and you know share those ideas. So I think we have a good relationship. Um, I hope that 
Um, I can be a resource to the community because that's what SLOW is about. So Mm -hmm. one of our resources there is people, whether you need help with your iPad and your Kindle or you need help, you know, um, with some some advice for your nonprofit. So I think that's a good relationship. And you get to bring back, because uh, you used to teach, I guess, adjunct faculty. <laughs> I mean, do you still enjoy, I mean, um, or miss, you know, maybe teaching <laughs> like, like yeah. you used to? Is that something you miss? I do, yeah. actually, yeah. yeah. So um, as you referred to, I, I was at Penn State for a few years as an adjunct faculty. I taught one class, um, so, sort of stemming from my recreation background, but it was a management class. Um, So the students were seniors and kind of just getting ready to head out into their jobs. Did they know how to hire staff? You know, did they know HR practices? Did they know grant writing? Did they know fundraising? Um, What are all those kind of supervisor, manager type experiences that they need under their belt before they go off and and take this first big job? So um, I really enjoyed that teaching. It was very... um, you know, fun to work with these budding undergrads and just kind of take my experiences as a supervisor and doing some consulting on the side and um, bundle that up and share it. So I do miss it for sure. (laughs) Um, It got a little too hectic schedule wise. How many jobs can you juggle? (laughs) So um, I did give that up when I came to SCLO. um, But yes, that teaching like is still there. I like to be able to help people. So Do you have any favorite uh, stories or two from um, when you uh, communicate with people in this community about SCLO and and just, I don't know, any, and you don't have to mention specific names, but anybody, any stories that stand out when when you're asking people and telling people a SCLO story and they want to give to SCLO? Yeah, I think most of the stories have to do with um, people being touched in some way. Um, some of the most kind of potent or touching stories, I guess, um, I usually feel like have to do with children, but I really love the early literacy program that SLO offers um, in partnership with some other groups. But knowing that families have a place to bring the kids and they can play and be active, but someone is kind of watching and helping to identify any early challenges, um, I think that's a really great story. Um, and the sort of behind the that program. Um, some of the other ones, I really um, like being able to share stories about adults who are able to connect. Um, for example, you know, some of us take for granted that we have Wi-Fi at home. Um, you know, we have a laptop, an iPad, a phone. Our spouse or your partner has a phone and a laptop. Not all families can afford that. So I love stories about our um, online resources, our public computers, the Wi-Fi that's available for students and anyone that needs it. Um, and just kind of hearing about folks that are able to come in, they're able to do their resume, find that job interview, um, and have access to those resources. Maybe they're not able to afford on their own. We make them available. So um, those stories are just really great about helping people in the community um, and really illustrate that slow. You know, we're here when you when you need a great fiction book to curl up on the couch with. Um, but if you want to learn about politics, the nonfiction section, the magazines, you know, so much more than than books. Um, so those are some of the stories I like. Yeah. I mean, your job has got has to be like you know 
draining sometimes in terms of just, you know, <laughs> but so what do you like to do when you're not working? What do you like to do to unwind or just yeah. relax? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this time of year is, yeah. is really hectic. Yeah. Um, I think you mentioned at the beginning too that we're doing our fundraiser with Harrison's, Harrison's yes. restaurant right yeah. now. So, yeah. so if you want to unwind, have yeah. a nice meal at Harrison's. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we'll put that Exactly. Yeah. So for two weeks, yeah. Yeah. Um, please be sure to mention the School Library mm-hmm. Foundation while you're there, and they do give us a very generous um, percentage back towards um, towards the library. But yeah, so your question, um, I actually really enjoy being outdoors. That's not a surprise. This past summer, I put in a pollinator garden. So I raised monarchs in my garden, not in my house. And a lot of people bring them inside, but I had a whole garden. I got to watch the caterpillars and Um, really astonishing how few of them actually make it. So that's one of the challenges to monarch butterflies is a lot of predators. So um, it was very eye-opening. But yes, I do enjoy gardening. Um, I really enjoy kayaking and just being outside. So those are kind of the the best ways I unwind, but I guess reading is also on that list. Then you're (laughs) the right place. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Is there anything, any uh, career goals, ambitions that you still would like to accomplish, or or is it just uh, you know? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think one of them is the library has um, very generously invested in me and my professional development training. Mm -hmm. So I'm taking a certification program through the Lilly School for Philanthropy, which is out of Indiana University in Indianapolis. Um, And so it's a really great program, extremely well respected. And each year I take a class, very intensive class. And then after the series is done, I'll be an official certified fundraiser. Um, So that's really great opportunity for me to learn these kind of bigger best practices. Um, The whole goal is, you know, really the best support we can get for SCLO and the future of SCLO and um, growing. So I appreciate that they um, are committed to that. And it's a great opportunity for me. So I think completing that certification um, is definitely one of those goals. And yeah, beyond that, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Um, before we wrap up, I wanted to, uh, wanted to talk about the, the foundation. The school yeah. of, uh, what is the your relationship with the foundation? How does that work in yeah. terms of uh, helping helping the library? Yeah. Great question. So um, the Sklo Library Foundation is a separate 501c3 organization that is set up um, specifically for advocacy and support of Sklo Library. Um, so one of their major roles is managing found the f- um, investments. So um, as we have been able to have funds that need invested and managed, um, some of our funds are at the Center Foundation here in town. Some of them are managed by this group, so we have a nice kind of diverse. The whole focus of that is if there's an emergency, uh, if state funding changes drastically, if, 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 right? (laughs) Needing to have that sort of really solid base. Um, It's not nearly as big as we hope it will be, but we're growing it. Um, So they manage that um, for the library. They also coordinate um, fundraising and particularly do outreach and stewardship, um, as well as that advocacy piece of, you know, making sure we are working with our senators and legislators and just letting people know how important libraries are. 
Um, so the foundation has a really important role. It grew out of what used to be the friends group. So a lot of people were familiar with the the friends group that was part of Slow, and so friends kind of morphed into foundation. Um, and so they have a 14-member board. Um, there is not actually a membership component. It is this 14-member group that does the work. Um, and they report in and are closely connected with the trustees of the library just to make sure all of the actions dovetail um, together. So my role is really um, kind of the liaison between the library and the foundation as well as supporting the foundation with the fundraisers that they do, which then those funds come back to support the library. So making sure that cycle kind of works smoothly. Another bridge. You're yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, Molly, thank you so much yes. for joining us and uh, hopefully people have gotten the fall fund, uh, fund drive letters. If, I'm sure they're in the mail if you haven't received it yet and, uh, and we appreciate everyone's support and we appreciate the work you do thank you thank you very much Molly does so much great work for us so we want to thank her again for everything she does for SCLO. And we want to thank you again for everything you do for SCLO during this fall fund drive season. If you've received your fall fund drive letter, please consider sending it in with a donation. You can also go online at sclolibrary.org and there are there's a, a page where you can make an online donation, whether it's a one-time donation or you can set it up for a monthly donation where each month uh, we'll, you'll be donating money. So thank you again whether it's donating money, time, just visiting the library, uh, everything is possible because of you. We, ha we, want, we have some exciting programs coming up for the rest of the year, and we're, we are looking ahead already to 2020 and some of the programs we're, we're going to be having uh, next year, and obviously with our collections, with our book collections, our digital library. Uh, so we have some exciting uh, uh, streaming services we're going to be announcing. So just, uh, again, thank you so much for all that you do for SCLO. We are so uh, proud and thrilled to be serving this region. And hope you enjoyed getting to know Molly Hetrick, our manager of philanthropy for this Meet the Staff episode. And until next time, we hope to see you at SCLO Library.